Are you a college student looking for extra guidance on how to figure out your life after college? Maybe you need to spice up your resume, find the best way to answer difficult interview questions, or you just want to be in the right mindset for determining your career path. My best-selling career ebook guide is now available on the official podcast website at whatfulfillsyou.com where you can also find the recent merchandise drop of the What Fulfills You Daily Signature Notebook, which is my go-to vegan leather notebook for writing down gratitude, priorities, meeting notes, and so much more. You can find all of this on the official website at whatfulfillsyou.com. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast, or welcome if you're brand new here. My name is Emily Elizabeth, and I am your host. On this week's guest episode, I have the lovely opportunity to chat with Julia Adams, and I really enjoyed this conversation. Well, of course, I enjoy every conversation, but this one in particular was awesome to have because not only did I have my own takeaways with the morning routine especially, I actually implemented two of her own, I guess, rituals, you could say, into my own morning routine or into my own daily habits, which I will dive into a little bit after this. But also, Julia is one of those relatable people, and as most of you know, I try to incorporate more everyday people with unique stories, especially with my demographic and this age. I think it's so important to hear from fellow women who are in a similar career path or just has gone through similar shit, right? I, you know, Julia and I are the same age and we only graduated college two years ago. So I always love having conversations with people like that because some of you who are younger can really hear those stories as a way to listen from like an older sister per se. And for me personally, I can speak for myself. I always wished when I was in college, I had someone to listen to who was just a couple years older and who has gone through very similar life experiences um, outside of just the career aspect. But a little bit about Julia. She joined the NBA in February as a social media content publisher. She predominantly works on content creation and strategy for the NBA's international app, including in-app stories, in-app messages, game highlights, and push notifications that reach audiences of over 4 million people. She also interviews NBA figures and writes articles for NBA.com. Prior to joining the NBA, Julia worked at Spectrum as a production assistant working on Lakers and Dodgers post-production content and has also held roles at ESPN3, International Olympic Committee, USC Athletics, the NBPA, and Fox Sports. She attended the University of Southern California, where she received her bachelor's in broadcast journalism and her master's in specialized journalism with a focus in sports. 
While at USC, she was sports director of USC's student-run media organization, Annenberg Media, and she was awarded the Memorial Scholarship her senior year by Annenberg and the Lakers organization given to a standout student pursuing a career in sports journalism. She is an avid Lakers fan and loves her two French Bulldogs. As you guys can tell, she's just super relatable, has an awesome background, and we dive into a lot, and I mean like really a lot of deep stuff on this conversation. So I think you guys will enjoy that. But before we head into that, I do want to share a quick piece of gratitude as I always try to in my intros. And I know some of you enjoy this because it helps you think of your own gratitude in the midst of the day. So for my gratitude today, it's very simple and it's at the top of my head right now. I'm so grateful for my friends, especially this person. His name is Elia. And a very cool story about this. I met my friend Elia, who's actually originally from Italy and he lives in Los Angeles, but I met him at the mall almost a year ago. It was literally on Halloween day, actually, to be exact. And this was at a time I was catching up with a friend in LA. I had recently moved to Los Angeles at that time and we were literally just eating ice cream, um, I think just like on some bench at the Century City Mall. And then I remember seeing this guy who happens to now be my friend, Elia, and his other friend, they were just like walking past us and then I saw them walk past us again. And then next thing you know, they approach us and just make a conversation. And I don't really know what the purpose of that was. We, we never really got into that. Um, but Elia and I just ended up hitting it off as really good friends. And I remember when we were exchanging social media information, I saw that we had a mutual friend named Ronnie, who is one of my friends in my entrepreneur world, I guess I call it. And so we became good friends since. And again, this is just literally out of a random interaction at the mall. I just remember thinking his energy was awesome. And, you know, he was like, he was cute, but also like just, yeah, it was, it was um, an interesting, <laughs> it was an interesting moment. But basically fast forward over the months, we have spent time together, just talking, hanging out, brainstorming about business and just, you know, different aspects of what we do and how we can help each other. And we also have a friend group, um, again, of like entrepreneurs and just people that are freelancers or work for themselves. And recently I had reached out to Elia um, just asking about insights and his opinion slash advice on some more like personal topics, especially in friendships and relationships. And just because it's something that we talk about in our own free time as well. And as always, I love to get opinions from people who just have a different perspective on something just to make sure that I don't get too clouded in my own opinion, in my own way. I think that's very important if you want to continue to grow and to continue to you know understand how other people think so basically Elia you know responded with a long audio message today we go back and forth just because we have a busy schedule and oftentimes we'll just send audio messages and it was just so thoughtful and wise the way he had put certain things that made me pause and think about my own approaches in the situation that I had addressed to him and I you know just was genuinely so grateful to have a friend again like someone that i randomly met at the fucking mall who had provided such good advice and someone that i feel so comfortable to reach out to whenever i need advice or i just need a friend and so i'm really grateful for that and i, and I feel like i met a lot of random fucking people in 2020 that has become pretty impactful in my life today especially in friendships so 
I'm so grateful and maybe you guys have your own friendship story with someone that you met on a whim and it was completely random but I just have to say I'm, I'm really grateful for my community of friends and I believe it's a core component of our fulfillment and yeah I just want to put that energy out there so um, enough of my ranting in this intro let's dive into this episode I hope you enjoy Well, Julia, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm very excited to chat with you because I know a little birdie. Sophie mentioned a lot of great things. Um, Let's just kick it off with your background. Can you share with the audience like, you know, where you went to school, where you're originally from and just your journey from, you know, before college through college and then where you're at today? Yeah. Yeah. So I am an LA girl through and through. I funny if I was born in New York, but I don't really talk about that much often because I feel like I'm the opposite of a New Yorker. I'm very more kind of slow paced, kind of, you know, a little bit indecisive at times. And I love going to the beach. I'm a really slow walker. So I have all the qualities of like an LA girl. Um, but no, I was born, uh, I was born in New York, moved out to LA when I was two years old. So again, really didn't experience the city at all, or can call myself a New Yorker. And then um, lived in the Palisades for my whole life. I've moved and lived in over 13 different houses. Fun fact about me, um, which is crazy in itself. But when I was looking to go to school, um, I wanted to actually go on the East Coast and experience something different because having been in LA forever. But I'm a huge sports girl. Ever since I was a kid, I just loved going to football games with my dad. I was a tomboy. I would play tag on you know the playground with the other boys instead of with other girls, um, whatever they were doing. I was never interested in that. I just wanted to always be involved in sports. I I wore jerseys. I I definitely um, and you know talk about this more later. But Sophie knows I I you know have all the qualities of such a tomboy. Um, she helped me find my more girly side for sure. But I I again have love for basketball. Love for football favorite thing in the world was going to UCLA football games with my dad. Um, So I went to USC knowing I wanted to work in sports journalism. I was in high school. I went to an all-girls school called Marlboro, where I was the sports editor of my school's paper um, starting, you know, in high school pretty early on. And then continue just really wanting to tell stories and be involved in working in sports when I knew I couldn't, you know, play sports on a professional level. Um, so ended up going to USC, touring it. Um, we actually got a flat tire on the way there. And I was like, this isn't meant to be like, I, I, you know, I, I don't think this is where I'm supposed to go. Um, I'll just tour it with you. Cause my mom went there and she's like, you gotta just go check it out. And was like, this is the most perfect school for me. I remember in the first, my one conversation, they were like, yeah, we have a broadcast journalism program. You can minor in sports. You could go cover football games on the field. And be next to ESPN people, Fox people, whatever, do um, all this crazy stuff. And yeah, I I was just completely enthralled when I went there and was like, this is the school I need to go to. So um, ended up getting in and choosing USC over any other East Coast option. So, um, you know, was there for four years, did undergrad and then got my master's in a progressive degree. Um, 
there as well in, in specialized journalism. I majored in undergrad in, in broadcast and sports media studies and just had the, old, the best experience ever. I was super involved with um, the TV station there, Annenberg Media, um, was sports director, did some anchoring um, as a sports anchor on it, um, held a bunch of cool internships. Um, and yeah, kind of after graduating, um, graduated with my master's during the pandemic and just was on the job search. Mm -hmm. um, I freelanced for a little bit at Spectrum where I covered Lakers and Dodgers post-production stuff. So shows like um, Backstage Lakers, Backstage Dodgers. And then I got my current job with NBA and social media um, in February. So that's when that's when I started here and I've been here since and have to move out to New York for this job. So I'm finally going to get that East Coast opportunity um, a little bit a little bit later. But but yeah, I'm excited about it. Wow, that is super exciting. What I'm really impressed by is you, it seems like you you knew what you wanted early on. Like how how soon did you realize like you wanted to do sports journalism and all that? And I, I say that because I think that's something a lot of women struggle with is like figuring out what they want. Um, is that something you thought through because of like your personal taste as a kid? Like, how did it really spiral into you knowing, okay, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to major in. And this is like a career path I want for myself. Yeah. So again, since I loved, I'm, I'm such a firm believer in going after something that you're passionate about and what, while doing that, it not feeling like work. Um, and when I was a kid, and going to those games with my dad, I actually had a particular moment where, where I remember being like, oh, wow, this is what I want to do when I grow up. Um, I, it was, I could actually remember the day. This is how crazy I am. But um, I, it was UCLA was playing Notre Dame. And UCLA has only played Notre Dame at home, I think, three times in history. And um, my dad took me to the game. It was before maybe my 11th or 12th birthday. And I remember, you know, UCLA stunk like they lost super hard um because Notre Dame is amazing and UCLA isn't really a typical football school mm -hmm. um but I was so excited to be there I loved being in a crowd I loved like the you know just being all around all these people you don't know looking to your right to your left doing the cheers at the same mm -hmm. time just the camaraderie and I remember seeing this woman on the field that day and and seeing her um you know all put together dressed up having a microphone in hand and after the game interviewing I think it was the the quarterback of the other team or the head coach to remember in specifics, but I remember looking at my dad and being like, that's what she does for a living. Like she gets to interview, interview athletes for a living. That's her job. And my dad, you know, was, yeah, she's, you know, sports sideline reporter. And he was like, um, you know, kind of introduced me to that world a little bit. He, he, so I just thought I was so shocked by that idea I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world and like you could interview and talk to athletes as a job like that's what you could do for a living and make money off of that and so from there I um I just knew that's what I was interested in doing obviously it ebbed and flowed I was like I, I did some producing and I did some on air and, and I did I'm doing social media now so there's a lot of different avenues that it translates in um but in general, just have an interest in storytelling and working in sports. And, and I, I want to be able to do all of it. Like it's, it's very multifaceted. And, um, you know, for my current job, I will do the interviewing. I will create social media content. I, I have to come up with storylines and ideas all the time. So um, 
yeah, I, that's the coolest part um, of what I'm doing right now. And what I hope to continue doing is just being kind of like the jack of all trades when it comes to working in sports. But, but yeah, it's been, it's been super fun. Um, again, maybe in the future, my, my idea, ideal would be able to produce, but then yeah, again, have my own show or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, but it's, again, it's been something I've been passionate about from a pretty, pretty young age. What would you say is the biggest obstacle with this career? Like even for me, like I'm very unfamiliar with the field and for those who are listening, who maybe are curious about pursuing it, or maybe they are currently majoring in something similar and they're planning to pursue that after college. What are some things that you wish you knew, you know, during college that you could have prevented in terms of obstacles or challenges with getting certain positions and and job opportunities? Yeah. um, I think when you say that two things come to mind. First is that as a woman in this field, you always have to do more work than the men. Mm-hmm. Um, because even as someone with having the MBA behind me, as you know, as the company I work for, people still doubt my knowledge. Um, especially, mm-hmm. you know, like even guy friends or guys I meet, or or they'll be shocked when I could start talking about the game or you know, start talking about, oh, mm-hmm. you know. Chris Paul has, you know, the shooting percentage this season or talk about like Devin Booker or just kind of lay off some of these stories that are going on. They'll be like, oh, wow, you really know your stuff or, or, oh, good for you. Like, that's so great. Or I just kind of uncomfortable comments where I'm like, well, you would never say this if I was a dude just talking the same way. So that part has definitely been the biggest obstacle to overcome. And even in internships and experience I've had, people have constantly doubted um, my knowledge of things. Um, I remember I worked this one internship at a company where I had to write these bios on, on these, just, you know, some of the clients that we represented that are professional, um, athletes, um, that became broadcasters. And I was writing a a bio for one of these, one of these guys, professional golfer or former professional golfer. And, um, the, one of my boss or he was, he was not even really a boss, like a little higher up than me was like, Oh, do you know what the masters are? And started kind of explaining to me what the masters were. And I was like, you think I work in sports and just have no idea what anything like (laughs) something like that is. It was just so wild to me because, um, I felt like I've always had to prove myself and really study the game a lot. Like even when I got this job, I just studied up a lot on basketball strategy because I, didn't, you know, I played the game, but pretty at a pretty young age. So I, most of my knowledge of the game is a lot from watching. So I wanted to, you know, just tune into a lot of it. I studied really hard for my interview, um, just to make sure I knew like every, you know, anything that they could possibly ask me, um, to be prepared and just be set up. Cause I knew I would have a little bit more doubts against me being a woman. Mm-hmm. So I, there's so many stories that I can even just think about that come to mind where I've had people, you know, say something kind of rude to me or just, you know, put me down in some way um, with working in sports or or doubt my credibility at all and just had to, you know, brush it off or, or, you know, put them in their place when that would happen for sure um, is what I've always done. And then the second thing with work was that an obstacle or something that I've had to learn in general working in sports is that you have to be, relationships are most important And you have to always be, you know, connecting with others and 
continuing your professional relationships because that's how I've gotten every single opportunity that I've gotten in sports. I've never applied for something online um, and gotten it, especially with how competitive of an industry it, it is. Um, I've had to work really hard in my rela- professional relationships to you know, get these opportunities. And that's been the biggest biggest thing, learning lesson that I had to learn um, in college and just even now with, with opportunities because um, so many people want these things. And in order to really get them, you have to, relationships are kind of are key to, to really getting you to that next level. I'm curious, how do you, or how did you learn to not let those comments get to you? Like even, I, I even think about it and I have thick skin, um, but even for me, like I, I would know that it would, that it would affect me initially and I'd have to use certain tactics to like let it go, right? Or brush it off. Like what were some of the ways like you were brushing it off or like what were some things you're telling yourself? Like, okay, that that's BS. Like I know, I know, I know my shit. Like what were you saying to yourself to like get through it and, you know, really become more strong and strong-minded in that sense, especially as you're continuing to prove yourself? Yeah. I mean, I just always was confident enough in myself, in my interests, because growing up as, you know, a girl who loved sports and loved playing sports, like I knew I had that foundation. Um, But I think in the moment, it's really easy to get annoyed or upset. I'm a big believer in stopping and taking a breath before you say anything. I have had my moments where I've definitely snapped. I remember one in particular. um, I got into this program when I was a junior in high school, which was at the University of Pennsylvania. It was a sports business program. And I remember the night before a guy, like it was, it was, it was really cool because we had all these cool speakers and, um, and just uh, professionals from around sports in general, both media, business, whatever. And a night before, one of the guys in my program um, said to me, he's like, why are you here? Um, do you have actually any interest in working in sports or what's that? What's this about? Um, and because there was four of us girls in the program and I want to say like 80 guys. And so I, the next day we had a woman actually come, a woman actually come speak to us about, you know, her journey in sports forever. And I asked her that question. I was like, oh, actually, um, being snarky in front of the entire, entire (laughs) class. I go, oh, actually last night, um, some guy, one of the guys in this group questioned me why I was here in this program. And I'm just wondering, um, if you've experienced this, I'm sure you have as a woman working in sports and how, what have you done to overcome it? And I remember he was so mad and embarrassed and turned like red and was so uncomfortable by the whole thing. I obviously <laughs> didn't say his name or so, right. but everyone kind of laughed and, and snickered after I said that. Um, so yeah, it was, I, I, I'm always for calling people out too when, when they're wrong um, or, you know, kind of putting them in their place in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But again, not letting those things get to you and knowing that they're going to happen, but having to let them slide because unfortunately is the business that we're in. I see women that are higher up than me that deal with it all the time. Um, every single woman that I look up to I've, that I've gotten to connect with has their own stories of what it's been like working in sports and being a woman um, and what challenges you've had to face for that. Um, I'm also just huge on advocating for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost do that too much. I feel like I, for my boss, for example, I think I send him every single thing I do and, and I'm, and, and I'm like, just so you know, I did this and yeah. I did this. So he knows that I'm, how hard I'm working without just like the belief of, 
if you work hard, people will notice. I'm kind of like, okay, yes, but also show them and tell them because sometimes they don't notice and Mm -hmm. you want to get that credit, especially, and I I feel that way as a girl in sports. Like I want to get my credit when it's due for something cool that I did, especially because um, we're usually overlooked as, as women in sports. And I do agree with that. And, you know, and it's always a balance, right? You know, you don't want to overdo it, but I do agree. And I think you and I have a very similar personality in this is like, you have to take initiative in whatever you want and, and just showcase like to the rest of the world, whether it's your boss or to people in your industry that you are something and can bring a lot of value to the table. And oftentimes you do have to take initiative and show people that. And I think as women, especially in our parents' generation, like we were taught to kind of maybe sit in the back a little bit and maybe, you know, not always like stand up and be assertive or being like the alpha woman. I think like in today's world, it's acknowledged and even praised upon, but like growing up, I think, um, depending on like what environment you're growing up, but I think just in general, even still today, some people are like, oh, like you're a girl, you're a female, maybe like don't take the CEO position or like, don't be such a boss because, you know, like, they want women to stay in their place or whatever place that was like 30 years ago. Right. But it's like, okay, it's 2021. Like we have (laughs) moved on for sure. Um, But I'm also curious as well. I did look at your LinkedIn, did some stalking and saw that you had a lot of internship experience. And I wanted to see what's your advice for fellow females, especially if they're in college or, you know, close to graduating soon on getting experience and regardless of the field, you know, but especially in your field, um, you know, I saw you had a lot of internship experience. And I feel like that is something a lot of people um, in any industry kind of lack is like maybe they had one or two internships. um, And maybe it's because they're convinced, oh, you need to just get a paying job all the time type of thing. But I saw that you had a lot of experience and that could have contributed to your success in getting into NBA today. But um, what's your take on that? In sports, there are so many jobs that you could go into so many different paths. There's, you know, development and the money side of it and the business. And there's, um, you know, I've, I've worked for an agency and I did, um, you know, small truck productions of, of games and then social media. And there's so many different um, lines that you could go in with it. And what my experiences really did for me was kind of checked a box of yes I want to do this or no I want to do this mm-hmm. um and so that was the most helpful about it I is I honestly I think I tried everything um mm-hmm. my first job in college I USC I worked for the football team in development so I handled all the donors tickets and and um set up donor events and and that was you know cool to me but I kind of was like you know what I I again love working in sports so don't want to do this and then you know I worked at an agency and I was like super cool to help my boss with contracts and and talk with their clients and help them. I helped create reels for them because I was working for a broadcast agent, sports agent. And I was like, again, cool. This is not what I want to do though. So the experience really allowed me to kind of hone in on what I was most interested in, which was storytelling and um, producing and just talking with people and interviewing. And, and that was what, um, I realized out of all of it, what I really wanted to do. And without all of my different types of experiences, I wouldn't have got that opportunity. Um, so I'm not saying I liked one internship over the other, but I just got to really try it all, which was Mm -hmm. super helpful and awesome for me, um, in particular for just really honing in on what I was interested in. Um, 
And again, as I stress with relationships, I met so many different people um, in all of my internships that I still keep in touch with, follow on Instagram, connect with on LinkedIn, and I'll still follow up with them from time to time. You know, my boss at Wasserman and my boss at ESPN3, and then my my two bosses I had at Fox Sports, I still talk to all of them to this day, and, and you never know what opportunities um, you could get from those professional relationships. And again, that's how I landed all of them was when I, I worked at Fox Sports, for example, um, for a semester and the two women I worked for, I loved, they were amazing. And they set me up with another internship opportunity at the Los Angeles and Sports and Entertainment Commission, where I worked for the NBA All-Star Game um, while I worked there. And so it was more of, it was just kind of a chain thing. Like it helped me, yeah. it helped me jump from experience to experience because people would be like, you know, you would like this or you should try this. And and, and it just showed you relationships were everything. And, and those people that I developed, you know, really got experience from in college were the ones who helped me get my job, you know, to this day, my teachers and, and um, also whose classes I took, but also the, you know, my internship heads and, and bosses. Um, so I can't stress enough how important experience is um, just to, to, in this industry, to really meet as many people as you can and create those relationships and get that experience. Um, uh, with those people was, was again, so helpful to get me where at least I am today. And I'm sure will help me even more in the future as I progress in my career. Yeah. I notice, um, even for me, I get a lot of messages about networking and building relationships without coming off fake. And I think this is, I, I will admit, I think it's a skill that I've done really well in just because I, I think I'm like you, where I love to actually build relationships, you know, mm-hmm. not just for the sake of, you know, getting into certain careers or like being connected with certain people, but also just like, you know, you never know. Like, for example, I met Sophie through interviewing her on the podcast and now we're like good friends. Right. So I think it's really cool to be able to like branch out through, you know, those kind of connections, but what's your advice on making and building relationships, um, in the workforce where you don't feel like you're fake and you don't feel like you are just putting yourself out there for the sake of networking, but how can you really cultivate the mindset of, Oh, I'm doing this because I just simply want to build meaningful relationships within work. And, you know, for all I know, it can, you know, help me in my career or other areas of life. Yeah. I've, I've asked a good amount of people about this. Um, both people that I kind of view as mentors or, you know, again, people that I've have been my bosses or so, because I'm totally someone who I care a lot about, again, my relationships. And I have, I care about being kind and having good intentions. And I always get nervous, or I, at least I used to about asking people for things Mm -hmm. without coming off of, again, just asking and not being genuine in my relationships with people. Um, So one of my teachers that I was really close with at USC always said that send updates about your life um, to these people just, you know, and ask them questions about their life. So for example, um, you know, when I got my new job, I'll send it I sent an email to all these people that I consider, you know, my professional relationships and she'd be like, Hey, so, you know, I just started working here and working in social media mm-hmm. or, you know, I'll send them something cool that I work on and like, Oh, take a look. If you have some time to check out this article I did. Um, and then I'll also of course ask them about themselves too. Um, you know, cause people also love to talk about themselves and also I care about getting to know other people too. So I, I know that is really important and something I, I value. So I'll be like, how, you know, how are your kids doing? And, and, um, I'll keep in, in just 
I'll just keep in mind what's going on in their lives, either through, um, you know, looking at their social medias and keeping up with them as much as I can. Cause I find that to be important, especially, you know, cause these are people I actually really end up caring about. Like a lot of my teachers that I had for four or five years at USC, um, and then people in internships, um, I, I made sure to connect with them more on a personal level too, um, as much as I can. And, and then if I have a question about something or I'll always be like, um, you know, I, I was curious if I could, you know, jump on a quick call with you and, and ask for um, just for a piece of advice. And people are so willing um, to help others. Like, even I've had people approach me about just wanting to pick my brain on something or, mm. or you know, ask me about my experience at USC. And I'm, I'm always want to help people and people want to help other people. Like, I've never met anyone that doesn't want to help other people. Um you know, I wouldn't be over the top with, with reaching out. I wouldn't, you don't need to message them every week or mm-hmm. if they don't get back to you within a few days, um, they have their own lives. So right. you could always follow up in another week or two, just being, being like, Hey, you know, um, just checking in. I, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, see if you saw my last email, something like that, but just don't overthink it is my biggest thing. Um, and treat it like you would with any other person, um, that you're just trying to form a relationship with, even like a friend, obviously sometimes there's certain levels of professionalism to maintain, but, um, the minute you start worrying too much or bugging too much or being too in their face is like, you wouldn't really do that with your friends either. So you just to relax and about it and, and, um, view it just as any other relationship would be my biggest, my biggest tip. That's a really good piece of advice, like reaching out to, you know, your past colleagues or previous bosses um, or even teachers where just letting them know like an update on your life. I, I literally just took a mental note like, oh, I should be doing that as well, because I, I do think that's actually great, especially it's for if it's for people, you know, I could think of like a previous VP when I had a nine to five um, that I could have, you know, emailed after I left the the job and just told him like, hey, this is what I'm doing next. Um, but I actually just stole my yeah. anyways. But yeah, no, that's actually a really great tip. And I think it's a. I don't want I don't know what's the better word for it, but it's like a humble way of saying like, Hey, this is like what I'm up to, but also like, how are you type thing? Yeah, and, and exactly. It's definitely a great way to keep them involved because I think in a sense too, for them, if I were in someone's shoes, I would think, okay, wow, this person cares enough to update me and like, let me know this is, you know, where they're at, this is how they're doing. And I think it's, it's a courteous thing to do for people that, you know, had an impact on you, especially in the workforce. So I actually really like that tip. Yeah. And it also keeps you at the top of their mind. Like if an opera, you know, if an opportunity comes up, you know, when you sent them an email last week of, you know what, I I worked on this really cool Kobe article. Um, If you have time to check it out, um, that would be awesome. And, you know, two weeks later, maybe they heard an opportunity opened up at wherever they're working or, you know, someone that they're friends with, they, you're at the top of their mind. And so they could, you know, send that up with you. I've totally had that happen. And and I've had others say that to me too, is just Mm -hmm. keeping, keeping, you know, those relationships fresh and keeping on them, even when you have a job, like even when I'm, I'm doing this, you, you, you want to keep those relationships up to speed and I'll still send any cool content or, or, you know, I sent them my website, I made a website and I'll send, mm-hmm. I sent, um, you know, my really, every person I've had relationships with, um, professional re- relationships with my website and just different, different things. And, and yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's just keeping it fresh in their mind is kind of the best, best way to network without constantly asking them for things in, in right. my opinion. 
Okay, let's dive into a little bit of personal growth and development now. I know um, Soph mentioned that you're very into it and that is a huge component of this podcast. I guess I'd love to start out with like a reflection on your four years in college. I think that's like a a lot of us grow during that time from 18 Mm -hmm. to 22. There's so much um, during that period. But let's just start with like out of all those four years, what was your biggest realization um, by the end of college that you wish you could tell your younger self in the earlier years of college. <laughs> this is That's such like, a good one. It's like, oh shit, I wish I told my freshman self that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It could be like dating related, like literally anything. Like, you know, those small micro dramas that we were like so stressed about when we were 19, 20. And then like, you know, we're graduating. We're like, that was so stupid to worry about. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, this is something I still tell myself all the time, but just to worry about yourself and not to worry what other people think is, you know, one of the biggest lessons and slash hardest things for people. And I think women to do in general, I remember freshman year, you're in this new environment. Um, you think you, that USC is just extremely competitive. There's so many beautiful people. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's looks wise, money wise, um, Mm -hmm just so many different factors to where you could not feel good enough. And I think worrying about yourself and being the best you that you can be is all you could really take control of. Because once you start worrying about all of that other stuff and what other people are doing, and Mm -hmm. it just gets in your head and makes you feel bad and down. And I've had this, you know, so much in my life from career to looks to money to all of that stuff, uh, just the comparisons. And, and, um, I wish as a freshman, I didn't care so much about that because I think in general, I, I always wanted to be really cool. And I always wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone to like me. And I still want, always want people to like me. That's still something, um, I obviously care about, but I think most importantly is, focusing on yourself and being the best you, um, again, is the only thing you can control. Other than that, it's, you're just wasting your time worrying about other people and everything. And it sets you back if anything else. Um, once you start really really worrying about that and needing to have the, the coolest outfits or the coolest purses or, you know, look amazing all the time. I remember, I remember that was, that was harder for me because, um, I had these two, my best friends in college were these two super girly girls, Sophie and this girl, uh, Zoe, who was our other best friends, uh, best friend. And they always are so put together and um, always said they always knew how to do their hair really pretty and do their makeup. And I came in and I was like, oh, I wear mascara and I don't know how to do my hair. And um, I have a hair straightener and, and that's about my extent of my hair routine. And um I, that, you know, it was difficult at first because I was like, should I be doing these things? Should I, you know, I, I need to own all of these products and I need to figure out how to, I need to watch all these YouTubes. And, you know, I, I just got so nervous about comparisons and it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, just focus on being the best you can be. Um, and, you know, of course, self-care is important. Um, of course it feels good to look good, but that should be for yourself and you shouldn't worry about anyone else. So I wish I knew that. And I still am dealing with that, you know, now because 
you see what other people are doing all the time on social media and compare yourself and think, um, you know, whether it comes to who they're dating or, or what, where they're traveling to, it's so easy to compare yourself and be like, Oh, I'm not getting the best out of my twenties, but just comes back to focus on what you control, focus on your own life and be the best of you that you can. Mm-hmm. I know this is really micro, but do you have any examples or like when you started to realize that, that you should only focus on yourself, was there anything in particular in your own life that you like started to work on in order to focus on yourself? Like, I think some girls even feel stuck, like, well, what do I do to work on myself? You know? And I think even for me, when I realized that like my junior year of college, I started like, I started with fitness, right? I started like wanting to tone up more and like starting to work on that. And I started to read more like mindset books and things like that. But do you have any examples for yourself that you started to hone down on in order to inevitably like work on yourself and purely focus on yourself? Well, freshman year just seems like kind of a blur in general because, you know, there's just a lot going on. And I remember actually a moment with Sophie after I, we went to a music festival together. I just wasn't feeling good. I was just feeling like I wasn't treating my body right. Um, I was kind of, my hair was getting damaged. I just didn't look my best. And I remember Sophie, (laughs) Sophie's so harsh, honest, but you know, it's good to always major tip, always have friends who could tell you like it is all yeah. my friends. And I hope to do it. I tell it like it is. Um, don't sugarcoat. Sophie was like, yeah, Julia, you know, what? I think you need to, I think you need to take some better care of yourself. And she's, like, <laughs> she's like, I don't think you seem like super happy right now. And I was kind of depressed. Like I was just like, feeling pretty down on myself, down on my, you know, my body, whatever. And, and she was like, you should, you should, you know, take some better care of yourself. So then I started really, um, you know, looking more into, how do, you know, a lot of hair care tips, you know, I actually stopped dyeing my hair um, and I let it go my natural color. Now I have highlights again, but I let it go my natural color. I threw out my hair straightener (laughs) and I was like, okay, I'm just going to be as natural as I can. And, you know, natural products, like not wear that much makeup, just try all these things and then work out and, and get really get in touch back to like the root of myself. Um, cause again, I was getting, I was getting a lot of spray tans. I was doing all this stuff that, I mean, they always feel good, but I just yeah. didn't look great. Like I, my, I just wore too much makeup, getting a lot of spray tans. It wasn't looking good. Um, so I just went back to like, okay, let's go back to square one. I'm going to start growing my hair. I'm going to not do anything fake or, or whatever for myself, just for a little bit until I could get back in touch with myself and then slowly start to figure out and do things that I actually really like. And that, you know, I'd make more conscious decisions around things. Cause I just kind of felt like a little bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I've always had really bad anxiety, um, since I was in high school and I, am someone who doesn't want to be on a pill or anxiety medication for an extended period of time. Um, I've been on them before, but I wanted to really get in touch with ways that I could figure out my anxiety on my own. Um, which again, led more to have a fitness journey for myself, but then also on top of that, um, a lot more into meditation and breath work and, and the morning routine. Um, And that was just kind of a point of just getting sick of feeling so anxious all the time. Um, It totally, I would affect me very physically. I would have a lot of severe panic attacks and um, just really uncomfortable anxiety. And I, again, it's not perfect by any means now. Um, I still 
am anxious, mm-hmm. but I have figured out better ways to deal with it just because I was sick of struggling with it and waking up with it and, and, you know, being afraid of going somewhere and having a panic attack and, and getting really bad anxiety. So I had to find those tools to get myself out of a little bit without just also relying on medication as well, which is when my interest in some of that other stuff happened. Yeah. What are some tools that you could recommend that you've tried that maybe wasn't like an initial recommendation from other people when it comes to dealing with anxiety and, you know, even with your routine, like what have you noticed has, has been really like marginally helpful in establishing in your life to help reduce or minimize some anxiety or stress of that nature? Yeah. So, I mean, I remember when I was in high school, I my doctor told me that I, when I get bad anxiety, I always think I'm going to pass out and I have this fear of passing out. And so my doctor told me, she's like, okay, well, you can't pass out if you put your head between your legs and just sit there for a second, because, you know, you get the blood flowing to your head. Mm. So it's kind of, she told me that. And then I was like, whenever I got really bad anxiety coming on, it's been like a weird comfort for me. I just will literally kind of hold myself and yeah. stick my head between my legs. Oh wow! And, and that has weirdly that helped me so much in high school and like even in college with my anxiety like that just little move um was able to calm me down like holding myself and um but really establishing a morning routine has helped me wake up just in general on the right foot um I'm a big proponent of not using your phone right when you wake up because you know, you wake up in in the morning, you're kind of like at your highest vibrations and Mm -hmm. highest, you know, self. And when you get on your phone and you look at all these things that are calling to you that you have to do, um, you immediately, it immediately starts stressing you out. And and so I try and sleep with my phone in another room. Um, Sometimes I'm not perfect and I'll I'll need to check it. um, And if I get some anxiety, but I usually will try and do that to help um, and set my alarm and, and keep it in the bathroom. But starting, you know, your day instead of on your phone, instead with some just breaths and some gratitude, I think is the best way to start your day. And if you could add, you know, some movement in there too, um, or some journaling, Mm -hmm. I kind of have a pretty in-depth morning routine now, um, after, after, you know, trying and, and seeing what stuff has made me feel best. My morning routine is pretty, um, it's like in my notes. I Wait, have can you dive like, into I, it? Oh my, my, my listeners love morning routines like that. I'm yeah. not like, like they love morning routines. And like, anytime I put like stuff about it on like the Instagram or even like anytime I do a quick episode of like my routine, like routine, everyone loves to listen to it. So I'm sure they're curious, like what's yours. And I'm even curious. Cause I literally was like, I should put my phone in the bathroom or it's different room too. Cause that's yeah. something I'm working on is like, how can I minimize using my phone in the morning? Um, but like, you know, like, where do I put it? Like, well, how are other people doing it? But yeah, now I'm curious, what's your morning routine? It seems very like helpful. Yeah, no, it's very, okay. So <laughs> I have, um, I actually, funny enough, I worked with this guy who does meditation and breath work and in working with him, um, just a, a, for a, a few times, he kind of gave me some tools to help with my anxiety just in in breaths to do in the morning. So the first thing I do when I wake up, again, I have my phone in the other room is I'll take a deep breath, hold it for 10 seconds or so. 
And then I'll just think of something I'm really grateful for um, that comes to mind. And that's like the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is something, something that makes me happy. Mm. And then um, I'll usually, you know, make my bed. Um, I'll go get a glass of lemon water because I know that's good for digestion. So I'll get a glass of lemon water and then I'll actually start my like get into my routine, um, which the first thing I do is that this guy had me do is turn on a song and dance and just like a song kind of loud, just to like get your body kind of moving in the morning. Like I'll, I'll just dance for a quick second. He said to me that it's best to do it before getting into your breaths because you hold all your emotion in your body. So if you wake up in the morning and dance or just kind of like shake it out, like it doesn't even have to dance, but turn on a song and kind of just shake your body, do some stretching, you know, something like that. Um, just to get some of the stress and anxiety out of your body. That's the best thing to do before even starting any breaths. Mm-hmm. So I'll do that. And then I go into a few breaths. Um, my, my first one is just a lot of like, I'll, I'll do this breath meditation where I imagine myself pulling my stress out of my stomach into my Mm -hmm. chest and breathing it out. So I do that breath. And then I do a second breath, which is just like three uh, breaths in, hold it. And then you kind of sigh out and I'll do those each, um, for, for like 10 minutes. Wow. This is so extensive. No, this is so (laughs) cool. I literally like wrote down, I, we are going to share like your morning routine on an Instagram feed. Like, you know, it's so good. I'm not joking. Like people love this shit. It's crazy. But like people, I think people need to do this more. I mean, it doesn't have to be as in depth, but I think the dancing thing could be really useful. It's, it's, it's fun. And if you love music, it just, it's a quick mood change. Like if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed or whatever that saying is. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? No, so I agree. Quick I mood change. Yeah. I it just makes you feel that. good. Yeah. And then doing it before doing breaths and meditation, I think are so important. Um, again, that's what I do those two breaths, but mm-hmm. even if you turn on a guided meditation, you look up a meditation on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I have the calm app, so I'll use that sometimes, but yep. doing that for at least 10 to 15 minutes right after you dance is mm-hmm. super helpful. And then I um, have a meditation book. So I'll read a passage in the day mm-hmm. um, and then I'll journal a little bit. Um, usually I get like one of those prompted journals, like the five minute journals, or um, I'm using, my friend works for that company, Mad Happy. Okay. So I'm using her, Matt, the Mad Happy journal that she gifted me, which just asks you like, you know, how are you feeling emotionally today? What's something on your mind? Um, who's something you could share this with? It's just different prompts. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do that. Maybe sometimes a little free journaling and, and that's my routine. And then usually after that, I'll try and go work out. Um, or I'll try and at least go for a walk. I'm a big fan of walking. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan too. of walking. It sounds so weird to say I'm a big fan of walking, but I'm yeah. a big fan of walking. Um, <laughs> just a quick walk around the block. Um, at least to get some sort of movement in if I don't have time for a workout class. But I also work at night. So I have more time in the morning to actually, um, you know, do do a workout, full workout class or something like that. Um, whereas some people might not have that time or luxury. But if you set your alarms earlier, you could always, you know, make time, not find time. So yeah. Yeah. What time do you usually wake up? I'm curious. And how long does this morning yeah. routine take? Is it like 45 oh, minutes? <laughs> it depends. It depends on the day. When I have more time, I'll take my time with it. Um, sometimes I'll add like some affirmations in there. Um, you know, 
before the journaling or something like that, I'll, I'll do some that are appealing for me or what I'm currently, you know, needing to hear that morning. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll add that in, but so it could get, there's like, you know, a longer and a shortened version of it. Mm -hmm. Um, it could definitely take up to 45 minutes, but if I'm really like, okay, I don't have that much time this morning, I'll, I'll end up making it like 20 at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, not, you know, cause I could do shorter breaths. I could do one breath instead. So right, right. again, you could, you could adjust it for what's right for you. Um, so yeah, it could, it could end up getting long when I have time. And then if you add the workout into it, um, it could be almost two hours, but right. Right. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. And then are you like a morning person? Do you wake up pretty early or are you? Oh yeah. You asked that. Um, yeah. I mean, the hard thing is with my work schedule right now, working games is I most recently I've been working until like 10 or 11 at night. Mm -hmm. So then it's harder for me to, in an ideal world, I would love to get up at like six or seven every morning, but with this schedule, obviously not getting to sleep until a little bit later, because I'll log off even around 11 or 12 and and we'll need my hours of sleep. Um, so yeah, I, I usually will like to get up, um, around six in an ideal world, but around nine has been more recently. A common issue like young women have, um, and I just think I really at any age, to be honest, is like, I guess this might be hopefully not too touchy, but in regards to dealing with a breakup or rather shifting focus on, you know, from, girls right most girls like hot girl summer for example a lot of girls are like yes I'm gonna like attract certain guys and they're all about like and I think it's a great mentality as long as you know how to frame it in your head the right way um but do you have any thoughts or advice on again like how women can focus on themselves instead of this mentality of like trying to attract certain guys or trying to, you know, like play this game or like, you know, how people just end up going down the rabbit hole of, of trying to almost like beat the alternative instead of like just going back to yourself and like working on you and then like attracting the right people into your life. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's, it's definitely really tough, obviously, as someone who's kind of going through it right now. Um, It's hard because you feel like, okay, I need to move on to the next thing, the next person or whatever to, to distract myself and, and get on after a breakup or so, or, you know, it's, it's easy in, um, in general with some of these dating apps and stuff to just like mindlessly, mindlessly scroll and connect and, and, and do that. But I always feel like the most genuine things always happen when you're not looking for them. And when you are focusing on yourself, um, I, in every experience I've had, it's worked out that way. And I've felt like when with every ex-boyfriend that I've been with, I've felt like whenever I've actually actively forced it or been like, I really want someone it's, it's been the opposite. Um, funny enough, because I feel like once you start kind of getting anxious about it or or putting out, you just kind of send out a different vibe, almost like Mm a, uh, versus, you know, when you are focusing on yourself, I think you automatically attract more people to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, my, my, my biggest tip is to, of course, have fun with it, um, with dating and like dating's fun and meeting people and, and, and everything like that. But, you know, if you're someone that really wants to re- a relationship, I would look internally and not elsewhere. Cause you're, I, I would ask yourself, you know, what, are you looking, why do you want to be in a relationship so bad? Or what are you looking for that you can't give enough for yourself and Mm -hmm. to really 
be whole because it's always the best relationships with people are when two people are whole and happy with themselves and, and ex- excelling in, in their life and, and complete in their own lives. And when they come together and I don't know necessarily if I've been there yet with, with anyone, cause I'm still working on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just know in general, yeah, when, when you approach something and you're actually searching someone to like add to your life in some way, um, I think you attract all of the wrong things instead of what you might be looking for. So yeah, I mean, it's easier said than done um, because I know it's very easy to get lonely um, and to feel like that's what will help you out of it. Um, But I've just been really trying to focus a lot on things that make me super happy and hobbies and and figuring out how to be the best version of myself and um, sometimes a little bit harder to do that in relationships because you also are taking account of another person. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to be able to have that time to really do it because we have our whole lives to get married and be in a serious relationship um, at some point. So again, I, I've, I've had really awesome relationships, um, mm-hmm. but also I've not liked myself in certain one of sums of them because there's been certain things that you know, didn't work out, um, because I needed to work on myself or my partner, but it's usually a combination of the two. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think whenever you're so happy and focused on your own life is when you'll attract the right people into it. Yeah. I could not agree more with that aspect in that when you feel more fulfilled and whole with yourself, that you're going to track that because I think it's the same thing as when people or again, unfortunately, it happens more to girls than guys. But when they're like hungry for a relationship or hungry for, you know, something more, and they're like, always asking the guy, like, what are we or like, you know, where is this going, you know, and I think that can, you know, really push guys, especially, especially when they're uncertain, which is many of them in their 20s about their own future, right? It's like, they're usually okay, girl, like that's, you know, too much. Like I can't, you know, have that energy. And I think it's really attractive for women, especially in our age where we're doing our own thing, we're focused on our own lane. And I think that's very attractive, just not only energy wise, but just in general to men and and in that dating field where they're like, oh, wow, like she's so independent and focused on herself that it'd be great to see what she's like in my life too. So I couldn't agree more with that. Okay. Do you have a mantra or quote you live by? Oh, okay. I love Glennon. So my two favorite books that I've ever read in my life are Untamed by Glennon Doyle and then Tiny Beautiful Things. I'm blinking on the author's name right now by Cheryl Strait. And they both have their own podcasts. Oh, and Brene Brown. Those are like my three women. Like like life guides that just have the best advice that can get you out of everything. Like how I feel Mm -hmm. like I live a lot of things in my life and deal with a lot of experiences from, you know, my friends dating guys that I don't really like or, or mm-hmm. dealing with um, someone not like me or, or all of this stuff. I swear I have certain chapters out of those women's books that I will refer back to in times of need. Um, Glennon Doyle most recently, I had read her book Untamed a few months ago, but she has this quote these two quotes that I underline in particular first, um, feel it all, Hmm. which I really like because in general, as humans, we try and numb out and stay away from the hard emotions as much as we can. Um, you know, I, 
you, you don't want to deal with pain. You don't want to deal with loss. You don't want to deal with sadness of a breakup of, of, of whatever. So you just try and push it all down and not deal with it. And her whole thing is like, really feel all of your emotions, allow yourself to sit with your sadness, cry it out, scream, be sad, be angry, because that's the only way you let it pass and get mm -hmm. out of your body. Um, and I really like that because I just think thinking about that has gotten me through just, you know, anytime I've been sad, I just allow myself to feel it. Because other times when I haven't done that, I'll notice it'll come back to bite me or it'll mm -hmm. still live in my chest or I'll feel it impact me in other areas of my life and come out um, like I'll, I'll get extra mad about something my mom said to me, but I'm like, was this really what I was mad about? Or, or, right. you know, it was, I didn't deal with something else that was going on. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that she wrote that I like is that we can do hard things. That's like her other quote. Mm -hmm. Um, you have survived every single one of your worst days. So we, I, you know, I just like that quote. Cause in general, we're all just as humans able to survive even our toughest days, like I said. So mm -hmm. even things that seem really hard or impossible, or even just, I like that quote in general, because it just shows me too that obstacles that I'm going to face in my future when it comes to my career and, and um, anything I've ever dealt with in life, I've been able to get through it. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, even when I know that, especially you know, hardships in career, wanting to work in such a competitive industry, being a woman, all that stuff. Like, I know I can do all of that because I've done it all to some capacity already. And I've gone through everything that I've already at this point. So I like that quote from her because it just reminds me that I, you know, I want to fight and keep pushing and keep being my best self. And even as obstacles come my way, I know I can get through those hard things. And so I, I wrote, I remember when I was particularly sad a few weeks back, I like wrote that on my hand. I wrote, we can oh. do hard things yeah. just because I looked at myself, uh, looked at and looked down at it just when I was feeling particularly sad, um, following mm -hmm. a breakup. And I just, you know, would look down at that and be like, you know, I could, I could get through this and I'm going to be happy again and smiling again and, 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 um, can get through this day, even though it feels like today, particularly tough. Wow. I like that. I also just wrote that down. We can do hard things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. It was funny. I was going to ask you for book recommendations as well, because I figured you um, have a lot, but so you definitely already gave a few um, from Glennon Doyle and the other few. Um, but is there any other book recs that you have out there that come to mind when it comes to like anything that really helped you in your life? I just read um, the You're a Badass book by, the Gen okay. by Jen Sincero. I don't know how to say her name fully, but I love that book because it's all about um, just creating the life you want for yourself and, and, you know, manifesting and all that stuff, mm -hmm. which is some, an area that I feel like I haven't really known that much about. And she talks a lot about how she created her life through just, you know, your thoughts are your, your whole life. Everything mm -hmm. you attract is a mirror of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, the people that are in your life, everything like that, you, you know, you, it's, we're all energy. Yeah. Um, you attract people based off of off of, um, the energy you give off and, and, um, and even too, a part she touched on was your, in the insecurities and judgments you have, um, or excuse me, the judgments you have of others are usually insecurities you have of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, it was just such a crazy way to look at life and just something I haven't really thought in depth about before, about how just so much your thoughts are your entire world and you create your whole world through your thoughts. Yeah. Um, and so, 
just such a crazy concept recently reading that book to me is is been pretty life-changing I I've, I've gotten a bunch of new books recently that I'm looking forward to reading but um yeah I mean Dare to Lead by Brennan uh, Brene Brown um I love everything by her she's great her great talk on Netflix um she just kind of like is one of those things that just hits you in the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Oprah's super soul conversations. That's a podcast, but yeah. that like I could listen to her and her conversations all the time. And that's something I'll do when I'm on my walk in the morning. If I have, um, if I go on a walk, I'll put a podcast on and sometimes I'll put on her um, one of her really great episodes and she just has the best conversations with the, the best people. So I'll, I'll, I'll put that on. Um, but yeah, this, those are some of my, my favorite books right now. Um, and the tiny, beautiful things when I talked about earlier, I, I have it so underlined and highlighted and I've referred back to it. I read it in high school and I've referred back through it all throughout college and and more recently, um, just I'll I'll always, that book is so special to me. Mm, Okay. I definitely will include that in the show notes. Um, Well, one last question I ask everyone on this podcast. So you've got a great career going for you and you've clearly learned a lot over the years with your personal development and, you know, your relationships and everything like that, but out of everything, and I think I'm sure you've thought about this in your own time. um, But what, out of everything, what would you say ultimately fulfills you in life? (laughs) Okay. Um, I don't know. I live and love the moments the most in life that I've been looking a lot into just what makes me feel the most alive. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I'm currently trying to explore a lot of is I focus a lot on myself now, um, especially more recently. Um, And I, I, you know, the things that truly make me feel alive a lot of the times are being out in nature, being with people I love, um, reading books, um, better, you know, working to be the best me I can every day, um, exercising. I love boxing. I love doing Pilates. Mm -hmm. I love dancing. That's kind of how Sophie and I connected. It's because we Mm -hmm. both are, uh, she's a good dancer. I just try and mirror (laughs) what she does. I'm not a dancer by any means, but, um, just finding what fulfills me is really just going after things that I just know bring me such joy and happiness and really tuning into that stuff um, and doing that stuff as much as I possibly can on, again, love dancing, wake up in the morning and dance at least for a second to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. Again, love sports, uh, pursuing a career where I'm going after, uh, where I'm getting to watch sports for a living. I just think go after things that truly make you feel happy and alive and, and, and make a career out of them almost because that's the only way I think you could be happy. So I just, I just search for a lot of joy and I think um, determining what makes me most happy and fulfilled are things that I try and pursue too. Mm, I love that. Where can everyone find you or, you know, share your website or anything, maybe LinkedIn, anything of that nature. So if there's any girls that like want to connect with you or just have more questions for you, they can reach out to you there. Yeah. So my Instagram is Juju Adams. Um, everyone calls me Juju. It's been my nickname since I've been four years old. Um, <laughs> it's, it's unique, but people rarely call me Julia anyway. I start at this point. So Juju Adams. And then my website is julia-adams.com. I have to update it with my newest resume and mm-hmm. um, and some other content that I'm doing. It's 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 not been updated in a second, but <laughs> you could always contact me on there. My email is on there. 
Um, and then, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn too, Julia Adams. Um, if anyone wants to connect about professional opportunities, I am so willing. I love helping other women. I love just chatting in general about people that are interested in what I'm interested in and seeing how I could help as much as I can. Cause I know, again, like I said, multiple times in the conversation, relationships are most important. So however I could help the people as people helped me, um, is, is something that I really care about and want to do. Amazing. Well, I will be sure to link all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on today. This was so fun. It was so fun. It was really fun getting to chat with you and, and, and join your podcast today. I really like the, the message that you're sending and, and what you're chatting about. So thanks for having me on today. And that was all for today's episode with Julia Adams. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to let us know. Comment on the latest post on the podcast Instagram. It's at what fulfills you pod. You can also just find the link in the show notes and how you can reach out to Julia if you are interested. And before you head out, be sure to check out the official podcast merchandise. It's on the website at whatfulfillsyou.com. The daily journal is available on there and so is the limited edition white crew neck. It's super cute. Just check it out on the podcast if you haven't seen it yet. And I always love giving you guys a little thank you. So you can get 15% off your entire purchase with the code THANKYOU15 at checkout. Again, it's all at whatfulfillsyou.com. Thank you again for joining me this week. I will chat with you all on the next episode. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.